50% overall from the field, but he was also 50% from three. He was five to ten. I know you're out there. It's okay. Stand back there. <laughs> no, more than likely, you're going to get that number one seed. And so I want him to be ranked in the number one eight. Welcome in to another episode of Let's Rage Cougs Basketball Edition presented by the Saxonian family. The Saxonian family is going to be the primary sponsor for all Let's Rage Cougs basketball episodes. We are coming off the heels of the third straight victory for the Houston Cougars, the number six ranked Houston Cougars to open the season. They've played three games. They've won three games and they came away with a 79 to 48 victory over Stetson, who uh, comes from the state of Florida. Uh, when we talk about leading the scores for Houston, it was LJ Cryer that led the way with 21 points. He is 9 of 15 from the field. Damian Dunn had 15 points. He went 6 of 11 from the field. And Terrence Arsenal had 10 points on 3 of 5 shooting from the field. Those three players were the ones that got into double digits. And Malik Wilson as well, 11 points, 5 for 6 from the field. Malik Wilson had a great game here for Houston. Dan, uh, what do you think of Houston's performance against Stetson? I mean, it was really a typical Houston victory. Tough defense, rebounding really dominated the glass. But really, when I watch him early in these first couple of games, really not much competition, not much resistance. So it was really like, in my opinion, like a, like a scrimmage that counts towards your record. I mean, teams that they are dominating in which they should dominate and they have done so. And I'm really just kind of paying attention to some of the different lineups, some of the different sets. And I'm seeing the versatility of this team and the depth of this team. And um, I, I really like this team. But, I mean, early on, it, it, it really isn't, much to kind of break down from a sense, but really, really watching certain things and see how much depth and how much this team, how many different ways this team can win and will win as the season goes on. The depth, most definitely something that has been highlighted so far through the three games for the Houston Cougars. The other thing as well that has been highlighted is the key additions in Cryer and Damian Dunn. They obviously transfers, new additions, new faces to the program, but the veterans. And again, it seems like, especially when it comes to the case for Damian Dunn, but both of the players, they've done a good job of making their impact felt. And kind of like you said, Dan, in the first three games of the season, it might not necessarily be the, the toughest opponent when it comes to the level that the Houston careers have been able to establish but still account for the record you play who's in front of you and they've done a good job of handling handling business they've have they've done it in in impressive fashion and and that's what i like to see not playing down to the level of your competition coming out and really doing what um, we expect them to do to the level of competition what they've played but to the veterans that you mentioned l drake choir his best game so far early in this season and he, he's really an aggressive scorer, but I, I like the way he's fitting in. I don't feel like he's being over-aggressive and, and taking any bad shots. He's always doing it within the confines of the offense. And I really love Damian Dunn's game. Just watching it, I am really think if it, I know Coach Samson referenced that he has him for two years, but who knows? If they go far this year, you never know. I think his draft stock with Houston will go up tremendously because he'll be able to put on display his full arsenal of game and what he can do. And I think he's their, my opinion, their most versatile player. And I think as the season goes on, he might prove to be their best player, in my opinion. But I love what those two bring and just the others. Um, Jamal Shedd, still steady. In regards to he he knows the offense in the system so well, he knows where everyone is. I, I really love his floor generalship as well so far early in the season. 
Yeah, Kelvin Sampson to the ESPN Plus stream after the game called Jamal Shedd the point guard, a point guard's point guard for the Houston Cougars, and he continues to lead the way. Had eight assists uh, for Houston in this win over Stetson. When uh, you talk about Damian Dunn, like you mentioned, Dayon, a lot of versatility when it comes to this game, and, and I agree 100%. It wouldn't be surprising come this time a month or two or three months from now that Damian Dunn is kind of the go-to player for the Houston Cougars down the stretch. And really, he has a, a, a the versatility that you mentioned. He has a little bit of the old-school game when it comes to being able. He showed it today when he had a mismatch, took a player into the post, had a little turnaround jumper and made it from mid-range. Obviously, we show, he showcased that he can bury a three-pointer, especially when he's open, and he can drive as well. He's a, a triple-threat player when it comes to being able to drive, being able to have the mid-range, and, of course, being able to knock down threes. And uh, exciting that three games in, he seems to, to – fit right in. It's like he was been playing for Houston his entire career. And another part of his game um, that you didn't mention that he does really well that he showed at Temple was his ability to run an offense. I think that's mm-hmm. another asset that, of his game that we'll see as the season goes on, whether it be foul trouble, whatever the case may be, he will be able to show that not only can he do all the things that you mentioned, but he has the ability to run an offense and still be able to um, score at an efficient rate. And so I, I really love his game. I think he's he's such a well-rounded player. He can be play on ball. He can play off ball. And he's really their sixth starter, in my opinion. I, I, I mean, I'm not mad with – well, of course I'm not mad. Um, I, I can understand why Emmanuel Sharp is a starter, and he's definitely deserved to be a starter. But with his game right now, he's – He's not always going to be on. No jump shooter is always going to be on. But like I talked about in our first episode after the first game, he's done an outstanding job of continuing to develop his game in regards to attacking closeouts because everyone on the scattering port is going to look to run him off the line. And he's showing that he's developing um, and being able to do that as well. But um, I I really like these guards. The guard depth is good. I really think Wilson, like I said uh, on a previous episode, he – will be the one of the X-Factor players for Houston. He will help them win a lot of games this season, and I really like his game. He's another versatile player who can not only play on ball, but he can play off the ball as well. He can get them in and out of the sets, and he's just tenacious defensively. His length, his activity, his way that, that he can score and create. Houston just – this is one of the better teams. I see why Coach Sampson says he really likes this team and he has high hopes for this team. Most definitely one area to kind of a note of concern for Houston. Jawan Roberts, who obviously is starting four for the Cougars, only played eight minutes in this game. And again, going back to the ESPN Plus broadcast, they said that it was a knee issue, a knee problem that was bothering him. Houston didn't want to force them, obviously, this early in the season in a game that, quite frankly, didn't necessarily need Jawan Roberts as, as a showed, but that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Hopefully it's not something that keeps them sidelined for the foreseeable future. And it's something that's, you know, minuscule, but we'll see. I'm sure more will come out of Jawan Roberts' health status, if not by the end of tonight, certainly in the coming days. Now, when we talk about this game overall, Dan, you kind of said that this was kind of like a traditional Houston Cougars men's basketball game in the sense that really it was the defense that carried Houston, especially early on because Houston was struggling. Um, Shots weren't falling early on and the game was tied at six, six minutes into the game. And even then at the, at the 12 minute media timeout, Houston trailed or they only led by three, I should say instead, but they had four 
forced seven turnovers. And after that media timeout, they started hitting their shots. Damian Dunn hit three three-pointers. And slowly but surely, Houston created separation, and they never looked back. But it was a defense that, that really – like you said, we've been accustomed to for the past multiple years that was the backbone. And then eventually the shots started falling for Houston and Stetson couldn't keep up. Yeah, they was able to turn defense into offense and their defense jump started their offense in, a, in their way of getting transition, unscripted points, not having to run half court sets every time down the court. And that's something Coach Sampson mentioned. And that's something I think this team will be able to do at a high rate because it'll be off at times where they have four guards on the court and they have the athleticism and the guards and the ability to push the pace and to be able to get those transition buckets in which you have. Um, players like Damian Dunn. And then you look at Terrence Arsenal. He, he played a lot of minutes today, he had his best game so far this season in regards to point total. But I think overall he probably had his best game as well. And I think he's one of those players who will be called upon in those four-guard sets in which, if you guys haven't seen um, our interview with Coach Kellen Sampson, he, Kellen Sampson, he referenced how Terrence will, is versatile and will um, play well in those four-guard sets. And I think he did that tonight. And he, he's something to keep an eye on because not only does he have the length and athleticism to guard some forwards, but he has the, the, the speed, the agility, and the quickness to be able to use that to his advantage in transition and to be able to cut and do different things to be able to score in transition. For those that might just be joining us, or if you're listening to our audio-only platforms, I'd like to remind everybody that this is Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Saxonian family, Let's Rage Cougs, the unofficial Houston post-game show for football and men's basketball. Of course, we'd like to say thank you to our secondary sponsor for today's episode of LRC, Star Pizza, with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. All locations have an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet every Tuesday at, at lunch. So be sure to stop by, not just on game days, but on any day, whenever you're in the mood. On Tuesday, specifically, whenever you're in the mood for some pizza buffet. And when it comes to the Houston Cougars men's basketball team, this was an interesting kind of break. Obviously, they played Saturday against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Turnaround 48 hours later play against Stetson um, a little bit of a taste of a potential still way early but similar what you you would see in the in the NCAA tournament now they're going to get a chance of what it's like in a conference tournament later on in the week when they play Towson on Thursday they're going to play either Wake Forest or I'm not sure who the potential other opponent is let me try to pull up their schedule in a bit and then they will play on Saturday go ahead now uh, Utah. So either Wake Forest or Utah, and then they're going to play a third opponent on Saturday. So a, a three game, uh, a three game stretch in the coming week, which again is going to get get a feel for what a conference a tournament will feel like. And obviously, this season will be the Big Twelve Conference tournament, which is going to be a juggernaut correction. That they're going to play Thursday and Friday, and then they'll be off Saturday. They'll play on Sunday in the final meeting of the Charleston Classic. So. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes up. And a great test for Houston. There's some good teams in that tournament that they could see in later on this week. But when it comes to Houston and Stetson, uh, another player that we haven't – go ahead, Dan. Before you move on, and I want to make a point to what you just referenced and how um, not only the, the, the turnaround between um, Saturday's game and this game, and then you reference the tournament, Coach Samson always has um, the long – 
the the end game in mind in regards to March and everything's the preparation to prepare them for those moments. And so that's credit to Coach Sampson and staff to have that in mind. And like you just mentioned, and be able to prepare them for what they're going to endure down the line for conference tournament and even an NCAA tournament. Most definitely. And when it comes to this game in particular, <clears throat> mentioned Emmanuel Sharp earlier when it came to um, his starting spot this year. Another player that's got inserted into the starting rotation this season is Javier Francis, who once again has continued to um, strength, or he's done what the Houston Cougars want him to do, and that's in terms of rebounding. He had a couple of nice putbacks. He had a good hustle player earlier. I can't remember if it was towards the end of the first half or maybe early in the second, but he got he was he helped on defense um, broke up a potential shot got the rebound got kind of trapped passed it out to guard they went on the fast break transition i can't remember which guard it was but they missed a layup and javier francis went back and dunked okay. it on the putback and that's just you know those, those are the plays that the houston cougars coaching staff kelvin samson and the coaching staff would love to see from francis every single time down as often as possible and those are energy igniting plays for Houston culture. Those type of offensive rebounds and, and putbacks emphatically, that that jump starts the defense, it jump starts the energy. And those are good plays. And I think with every game that goes on, JV is gonna get better and better and show that he is getting better and better. And I'm gonna play around 18 minutes tonight, but within that I mean, you always see the flashes of his potential and what he can do. Go back to Saturday and all the block shots he have. I think his impact not only defensively, but the ability to offensive rebound and pick and roll, his best is just yet to come. As he continues to play more minutes, not get in foul trouble whenever he plays and gets comfort play and play better bigs, I think we'll, we'll be able to see. I think he will – I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say he's going to win Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. J.V. Francis? JVL Francis will not only lead them in block shots in the Big 12 conference, but I think he has the potential and will win defensive player of the year. Uh, that's that's a big uh, statement. He had two steals tonight against Stenson. No blocks. Did have seven rebounds. And again, like I mentioned earlier, six points. Um, when it comes to the other big man, the other, well, he's playing in the forward, but Joseph Tugler, he had some good moments. He had a good move towards the second half in the game where, again, he showed flashes of real quick when he gets the ball in, in the post. When he, he has a great quick turnaround that sometimes leaves defenders um, honestly frozen at times as we saw when he did it today against Stetson, but again, still small sample size. But what you see from what you enjoy seeing from Joseph Tugler in this game. His energy, his explosiveness. Well, no, I take energy away. His explosiveness is really what sticks out. Every time I see him, like you said, his his first step, his quick step, and his explosiveness to be able to get off the floor really just sticks out to me. And I, like you said, it's a small sample size. We haven't seen much of him, but when I f see him, that's the first thing that jumps off the um, off the screen when I watch him. It's his explosiveness, his athleticism, and I think as he continues to get more minutes, I think. He is going to play well and well, especially um, in the times where maybe Jay Wan or whatever the case may be, there's going to be stretches within like it all with this with all freshmen where he's going to have that impact breakout game and have that big moment where he steps up. And so I can't wait to see that and see how he react in the adverse moment where he's counting upon. But so far, I, I love his athleticism and his explosiveness. Most definitely. When we talk about the, uh, 
depth for the Houston Cougars. Again, showcased Houston had 40 bench points tonight. They forced Stetson to commit 23 turnovers. I believe the number was 17 at halftime, so Stetson did a much better job at cleaning that up in the second half. But still, Houston's suffocating defense. Again, the depth showcased in this game. And in particular, there's just not much Stetson could do once Houston started hitting shots. 14 fast break points, 13 offensive rebounds off 27 misses. Houston only missed 27 shots. They got 13 of those misses, which is a, close to half, which is where um, Calvin Sampson said in the past, that's the goal that Houston always aimed for, to be able to, to get offensive rebounds on about half of their misses. So they're just under, but really they were on pace to hit that category. So again, top to bottom. They, they checked a lot of the boxes when it comes to a signature Houston Cougars win, like you said earlier in the show. Yeah, for sure. They definitely did. And I think they will continue to do so. I mean, some things are just non-negotiable. And just watching Houston, teams can watch them on film and duplicate the system and what they will do. But one thing they can't do is duplicate how hard and how tough they're going to play and how much energy they exert on defense. And and that's what I was thinking while watching um, the game early. And um just the, the defense and the tenacity and but the equalizer like early on is three point shots. They were able to make some three point shots early, but then once Houston defense was able to buckle down, run them off the line, control the glass, and is able to just kind of stifle the things that they were able to do well. But it's just hard to I would think to replicate Houston's not only Houston's energy and tenacity, especially on the defensive end and how they attack the offensive glass. Mr. Smith on YouTube asked, what about Ernest uh, Udy? Ude. Ernest Ude or TCU or McCullough at Kansas for Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah, no, I love that, especially at Kansas McCullers. He's, I think, a 6'6 guard and has the ability to guard one through four. And so, and, and he has a ton of experience. He might be a fifth year senior, if I'm not mistaken. And so I, I love that. And, and Uday as well. I love his. Uh, those are two names that definitely will be in the running as well. It's just I, I just believe in JVA Francis, his ability to defend the post. And I just can envision him having big moments on the defensive end and, and leading the conference in block shots and having good rebounds. But he's going to have to guard great players like Dickinson at Kansas. And so with tasks like that, you know they're going to, with their monster defense, they're going to double team. But I think he will have a lot of opportunities to prove how impactful he can be defensively. But those two names that he threw out, definitely good names for sure to keep an eye on. I mean, Trudy could potentially have competition within his own team. Jamal Shedd yeah. um, certainly would be in that conversation. He had five steals tonight. Big Jack 512 on YouTube agrees. He says JoJo is fearless. He also said Dunn came off the bench and ran off nine straight points. Real quickly, we like to remind everybody that they are watching and or listening, depending on if you're watching us live. Thank you if you're watching us uh, either on YouTube, catching the replay or audio only that this is Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. LRC is the original Houston postgame show for football and men's basketball. Of course, we like to say thank you to our secondary sponsor for today's episode, that's Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. And remember that all locations have an all-you-can-eat buffet every Tuesday at lunch. So, 
Monday night, Houston Crews get a big win. Tuesday at noon for lunchtime, you can get a big win yourself by stopping at any of your star pizza locations, whichever you prefer that's closest to you. And on that note, we welcome in the third member of today's episode of Let's Rage Coops, Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review, joining us from the Fertitta Center. He's there live. You saw the game in action. Just came out of the post-game presser with Kelvin Sampson and the selected student-athletes. What came away from the post-game press conference, Chris? Fellas, how y'all doing? Uh, I asked uh, Coach Sampson about Juwan Roberts. He only played eight minutes in the game this evening. Coach said Juwan had a knee issue, bothered by it. But because it's not serious, anything like that, Coach wanted to give the younger guys more minutes. So it was good to get Terrence and Ramon more minutes. So if the game were the conference game, shall we say Juwan would have gone in the game, but he's fine. I know I got a a question about that on on, uh, Musk, so I want to put that out there. Juwan Roberts is okay. <laughs> on Musk. Um, that's great to hear. You know, we talked about that. Um, I mentioned in the broadcast, a knee injury. Um, honestly, they did. The game that's not worth risking. This is far barely third game of the season against Stetson. Um, let's be quite, let's be honest. They weren't necessarily, Juwan Roberts wasn't going to, um, not a big difference in this game against Stetson, is what I'm trying to say. And again, Houston was able to still win big. And again, early on in the season, no point in, risking anything even when it might just be some knee discomfort that that's all it is i mean he was one of the first guys off the bench during timeouts to you know take hands with his teammates and, and pump them up things like that so they, he seems stiff so i think it's bothersome but i don't think it's anything major because the trainer the shaman i call him john houston he didn't spend much time with one <laughs> at all during the during the game on the sideline so i don't believe it's major and with this competition right now it's, it's not a huge thing but again, Coach Sam talked about the depth of this team, and it was good for the getting younger younger guys more minutes minutes of action, and get them on the floor. And speaking of depth, I saw I think one, one of the comments folks mentioned Malik Wilson. One of the things Coach Sampson mentioned was he wants Malik to get more minutes because he wants to minimize Jamal's minutes so Jamal could be stronger in second halves of basketball games throughout this season. That was an issue last season. Jamal got tired. Of course, he was battling injury as well. But as the season progressed, you know, Jamal playing 33, 34, 35 minutes took its toll, and he wore down. Coach Sam said a lot of the guys wore down because they weren't as deep last season. And this year, so far, on paper, a very deep squad, 10 deep. They played 10 guys in the first 10 minutes of tonight's game. <laughs> 10 guys. Yeah, that was some, something that was mentioned in the ESPN Plus broadcast as well. Going back to last season, that was something that played Houston, or not, not even played, but it caught up to them towards the NCAA tournament. And uh, like you mentioned, Chris, that's been the story for the first three games of the season, depth, depth, depth. And they are legitimately 10 guys deep. And uh, I want to bring up, since we're kind of, Touching on Jamal Shedd, Mr. Smith posed a question on YouTube. What are y'all's thoughts on Shedd's play through three games? Well, last game, he got an early foul trouble and sat the first, I guess, was the next uh, 14 minutes of the first half. So he's battled foul trouble the first two games. Had some turnovers tonight in this third game. Played better in second half tonight. Has been great, typical Jamal Shedd yet, but three games in him, nothing 
worried to be to worry about. Yeah, I think it's been steady in regards to what he's um, relied on to do: ignite the offense, push the break, be the head starter of the defense. And so, just from that perspective, not really just taking into account the stats, just looking at it from that perspective. I mean, he's been okay. I agree 100%. He hasn't been great, but it's nothing to worry about. You know, when it comes down to those big games, big moments, he's going to be one of those players that's going to step up and be ready. And so, I mean, I I think he's been steady. Uh, If I had to grade it on a scale of 1 to 10, I think he's probably been around maybe a 5 or 6 or so. But I I think um, his best is yet to come as far as the season goes on. Competition gets better, all of that. Agreed. You know, frank. and LJ Cryer, excuse me, Andy, LJ Cryer, you know, had a great shooting game tonight. So his first out of three. One thing, and I think all of us have, have noticed it so far in the three games and fans as well who are watching us on Less Rage Cougs. Coach Sampson acknowledged that Emmanuel Sharp, Damian Dunn, he wants to at least one of them to be on every game, to have a role in every game. At least one of those two to get points every game. That's part of the the plan and the goal going into whatever game the Cougs are playing. At least one of those two young men get points. So no, what, you, you got that you got that option, you know, whether it's Amian Dunn and Manuel Sharp. It's a good problem to have. What I was gonna say about Jamal Shannon, honestly, he hasn't been needed to have to score. He can just legitimately be a facilitator for Houston, which is what he has done when he's been on the floor. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, he had eight assists today, four turnovers. I think if in a perfect world, obviously you'd want those turnovers to to go down, maybe closer to a three to one ratio instead of two to one. Um, But still, he's not really been asked to to score. And I think we all agree that he's more than capable to be able to, to come up with a basket when needed. Just look at what he did last season, multiple times throughout the season. But on this team, he might not even be counted on, uh, certainly on a on a consistent basis to be able to have to carry the scoring load. And that's another way that it might make things a little bit easier for him. He can just focus on being a sole facilitator. Facilitator and impact in defense like he, like he did tonight. Coach Sampson said um, that he's got five good guards who are capable to get 20 points in a given night. Not average. 20 points because he doesn't want guys it's not a part of the system he doesn't really want guys to average 20 points per game but lj can get 20 damon can get 20 jamal could get 20 emmanuel could get 20 so different guys couldn't get 20 if it's needed in a particular matchup and that's part of what he's learned as he's uh progressing his coaching career to have as many guys capable of getting 20 points in a game if needed yeah i like the way I think Jamal learned from last year as he rewatched film over the season that probably in times he was maybe a little bit too aggressive to score because I think you're just comparing it back to last year's team. He They had the scoring options to be able to do what he does at a high level was facilitate. But to his credit, he does a great job of picking his spots and when to be aggressive to score and when to be a facilitator. But I think, in my opinion, from last year, there was often times where he maybe was too aggressive to score in which – other options who may, in my opinion, may have been better scoring options, um, wasn't really given a chance to, to to do much. But with this team, like Christian said, you got four or five players who can go off for 20 points. I think he realizes that and he's even being more 
mindful and just credit to his basketball IQ and realized, okay, who is going to be hot tonight? How can I get the ball to them in their spots? And when do I need to pick and choose to be aggressive? And when they're making shots, that opens the floor for him and his pick and roll game to be able to drive inside and, and slash um, and create inside of whether it's creating for JVA or whoever's in the pick and roll with or being aggressive to score inside. And so I think for for Jamal, it's just staying steady, picking and choosing his spots and just doing what he do. Stepping away from this game real quick, Eric, Eric Hudson on YouTube asked, I'm going to put up the, the bracket for the Charleston Classic, but Eric Hudson on YouTube asked, other than winning, what are you looking to to come out of the trip to Charleston. I see Houston opens the Charleston Classic on Thursday against Towson. And Dan, like you mentioned, they'll play either Utah or Wake Forest, depending on the outcome of the game. Then they could potentially play LSU, Dayton, North Texas, or St. John's um, later on in the tournament on come Sunday. In terms of matchup, I'd like to see a potential Houston-St. John's matchup. You know, Kelvin Sampson, Rick Pitino, but overall, classic, just guys developing, continuing to improve the depth of the team. That's that's my main focus. That sounds like a coach right there, but that's really my main focus on defense. Continues to fine tune and continue to develop, develop the, the the depth, the bench, and get the young guys up front more experience. I'm going to be looking for really just the different ways, like I said, to kind of start the show. The different ways that Coach Sampson looks to utilize different players in regards to how many different ways that he feels that his team can, can win games. And that's something I, I'm keeping an eye on. I know the defense is going to be there. The rebounding is going to be there. On a game-to-game basis, they're going to really compete and try their hardest to do those things. So I'm looking on different lineups that he plays and, and, and different strategies and different go-to players that he gets the ball in different spots to to kind of see who she's counting on in different moments under after a timeout how do they execute certain certain things and maybe under two minutes short short um, shot clock short on the minutes just different ways to kind of to see who he feels is his go-to players on any given game and so those are some of the things that i'll be watching I'm keep it kind of simple, but I'm just curious to see how Houston does playing. They played today. They played Saturday. So that's two games in three days. And now looking ahead, I think it's going to be a four games and seven day stretch. I'm going to be curious to see how they play come Sunday, even come Friday when they got a little bit of track or wear and tear on their legs after playing so many games in such a within a week's span. I'm curious to that as, as well, Andy. That's, that's a good point to see because guys have, you know, little nagging injuries right now. Juwan with his knee, Jojo with, with his back. Tal Jamal has some, some little, I think he had a cut. Emmanuel's had some cramp issues in his thigh, things like that. A lot of games in a short amount of time. We'll see how they handle it with so many games, but it's the beauty of having a deep team. A lot of, you don't have to play a lot of minutes you know, every game, game in, game out. So barring injuries, everybody should be okay. I'm also keeping an eye on Terrence, his game to game. Uh, I really, on the game to game, I think he's being called upon to, to impact the game in different ways, just depending on the matchup. So it's another player I'm keeping my eye on, eye on to see 
his confidence level from from my perspective, from my opinion on how aggressive he is and how he picks and chooses his spots to be aggressive to score. Yeah, 10 points tonight, only eight rebounds. I mean, only two rebounds. Last, last game he had eight rebounds. So different guys. Emmanuel finally got on the boards tonight. I, I made fun of him after the first game. He had zero rebounds. And you notice that <laughs> post-game, he looked at the box score. Rebounds, I had zero. I'm going to hear that tomorrow in practice. <laughs> you know, but he's gotten better on that. Just different things. The guys know their roles and what's needed for them to impact winning, as we all hear Coach Sampson say, and how they are now, that's what they say as well. They want to impact winning. I'm just looking forward to different competition. Hopefully it's going to be a, a step up in competition to these first few, these first three games. Even though the Cougs, who they beat in the season opener, went on to win their next game against Central Michigan, <laughs> whatever that was, which was kind of a surprise. But, you know, hey, as Coach Sampson tells us, he puts together the schedule. He knows more about it than we do. Let's, let's leave it at that. <laughs> On the topic of the schedule, TI 7791 says Penn looked good in their game against Villanova. So that'll be fun. That's going to be a future non conference game. And Penn, the Quakers, went and shocked the uh, 21 ranked Villanova Wildcats today. And uh, Houston will play, or actually host Penn. The day before New Year's Eve, December thirtieth, inside of the Fertitta Center. So that's going to be a that's going to be a test. Come right before the start of conference play for Houston. We'll see. I mean, it's a good win for Penn tonight. You know, it's a Big Five win, Battle of Philly. But who knows how they're going to look in five six weeks? Same with Houston. Injuries could take a toll on either or both clubs. But on paper, it's it's a potential matchup in terms of I think another Q two opportunity for the Cougs. This question for us, y'all see this from Mr. Smith, who's been the most surprising so far this season. Maybe Damian Dunn? I had the exact same thought in my mind. <laughs> it's not even surprising in terms of what he's done. It's surprising with how well he's fit in so early on into the into the season. And considering the fact that he also missed a good portion of of time during October because of an injury. With the ankle issue, he sprained his ankle, rolled it. I want to say at least four times from June to October, <laughs> at least four times, maybe more. So much so I, I made fun of him and said, we need to get some different shoes, man, <laughs> you know, because it just might be one of those things, wrong fit, but bad luck as well. Step on someone's foot, you roll your ankle a different way. But you can see his impact coming off the the bench and giving instant offense and even damn little old man game where he's backing guys down and getting little post-ups and mid-post buckets as well. For me, it's been Malik Wilson. I watched those games in Australia and that's why I think he'd be the X factor because his versatility and his, I think it'll be a lot of games where like Coach Samson, he wants to get Jamal's minutes down. And I think Malik has the tax of, of doing that, but not only, running the offense, his ability to guard full court, pressure the ball, get steals, get deflections, and push the pace. I think he's one of the players that um, 
really plays well in transition. And I, I think he's going to be a key X factor as the season goes on. So that's, I'm not really, I wasn't really surprised with Damian Dunn because um, I think we saw what he's able to do at Temple. And then in my conversation with Kellen, he really emphatically spoke about Damian and his impact and how they were going to feature him and what he was going to do. And to his credit, that's exactly what he's done so far in these three games. But for me, it's Malik. And Malik, he, he was one of the two student athletes talk post game. He said playing Australia really helped him. He benefited from the experience. He's more, he used the word more confident. Coach Samps used the word more, more comfortable. But Malik creates havoc defensively. He gets after it and he can get steals. He's also a, a good rebounding guard. And if he gets it, he can get it and go and push the tempo and push that, that pace to help score easier buckets in transition. This team is this, this team is different. It's versatile in different ways. And I'm looking forward to how they do against better competition, non-conference and definitely in Big 12. That's what I'm looking for, the competition. Before you hopped on, Chris, just like you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but these games have really been scrimmages that count towards your record. That's <laughs> really what they've been. Yeah. And so it's really not much to take away outside of, how players have looked, how the teams look, but like Chris, I'm ready to see against better competition. And Coach Sampson, he he did say that one benefit of not really having to play J1 tonight, Juwan tonight, was these non-conference games that aren't against great competition is an opportunity for the younger guys to get more minutes and to get some experience and to get some confidence. So he did he he did kind of say that as a reason as well for for kind of scheduling these opponents. Corey Miller says that not necessarily surprising because we know what Ramon does, but his energy and effort he plays with always stands out. Big Jack 512 adds it. JVR taking his game to another level. So Big Jack is high on JVR Francis. Chris, what were your thoughts on Francis in today's game against Stetson? He didn't do a lot to stand out. I was I really was impressed with him and, and JoJo and how quickly they recovered or helped. And they extended the monster, the traps, all over the place. It wasn't just in the post. There were some in the corners. There were some at the free throw line in the mid post area. So that's like a different wrinkle that they're giving opponents to look at on film. That we're not just going to double team the post. We're going to get you maybe in a corner, trap your guard or whoever if you have the ball sometimes. So that's a different aspect that the quicker big man can provide this year's Coug squad. As we kind of start to wind things down, Chris, what were any other takeaways that uh, you had from the post-game presser following Houston's victory here tonight? Before you answer, Chris, if I can um, include about Ramon, he has shown, of course, the energy and effort. We, we always write about that. But he's developed offensively. Mm-hmm. I think he's a player consistently <laughs> offensively that Houston can be able to count on. Um, however the season trans, uh, pans out, if his number is called, he can be counted on consistently offensively and with everything else he brings to the table. So I really like from what I've seen from Ramon so far this season as well. I'm sorry to cut you guys off. Go ahead, Chris. No, no, no problem. He's healthy. He looks healthy. He looks more comfortable himself. He looks confident in his game. The shot is no longer broken. He's even <laughs> added some handles. You know, some some dribbling, more aspects to the game as well, to his game, to his bag. So that, you can see the development 
from from the guys who sat out, Malik, you know, took advantage of it and the improvement in his game is this team is different. This team is versatile. This team is under the radar. I mean, I know they're what sixth in the poll right now, but a lot of folks aren't picking them to do anything. It's all about Kansas and Big 12, all that kind of stuff. But don't sleep on this team, man. <clears throat> and I and Corey, I agree. I think Andy and I, we first noticed Ramon's shot. There was something wrong with it. It looked kind of had a hitch and it looked broken. And it turns out that he was battling injuries with it. He looks healthy now in the shot. It is like one motion. There's no hitch in it. It doesn't look herky jerky. It's like a, a day on Dunlap shot. <laughs> it's a great way to put it. Um, Chris, just in terms of the, the post game presser, any other takeaways? Any final takeaways? Uh, not nothing earth shattering. JoJo. Yes, Chris Baldwin goes in the background. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> in his his brief moments, was just talking about you know he he's just trying to do what he does, ask what he rebound and defend. He he's you can see the potential there with him. He headed so hard on on the on the ball screen sometimes he gets a, a silly foul, which Coach Sampson has to <laughs> JoJo just calm down and do what we what we what we coach you to do. But his potential there, and he's got low post game that you can see glimpses of. So that's another opportunity for him in the future. But Coach said one thing he touched on again about the possibility of these guys coming back next season. He said again, if Juwan comes back next season, as you know, as, as an option, but Jojo comes back. Jacob McFarlane could play this year, but he opted to redshirt him because he wants to give him more time, to get more time to get physical, more physical, get stronger, and be ready for next year. Next year's team could be <laughs> I'm just I'm excited to cover the team, man. You know, I feel like we've said that for the past three years, Chris. Next it's it's so it's just <clears> such <throat> a contrast to um the other team we cover here on Les Rage Cougs. For sure. For sure. Yeah, on the top of that, TI seventy seven ninety one uh, just blatantly uh, said it, but we will um, we will leave that. Oh, real quick, Andy, uh, for, for today, to Corey's question, there. just about every veteran player on this year's squad can use their COVID year next year if they if they choose to do so. LJ Cryer included. I, I mean, Coach said it. He said it now that, but I want to say just about everyone could have because Coach said when he signed, LJ committed or transferred. That he has two years left, and I was surprised when he said that. So I, you know, but yeah, definitely said Damon does for Corey yep. Miller. He definitely mm-hmm. said sure that Damon has two years. Now I don't expect Jamal to come back next year, but the options there for the COVID year for just about everybody on this year's squad. Yes. Well, we shall see, but still plenty, a lot to discuss this season. There's still barely three games into it. Off the promising start for Houston. Once again, the final score from Houston inside the Fertitta Center, where Chris currently is located. Houston defeats Stetson 79-48. to Once again, like I said at the top of the show, Audrey Cryer led the way with 21 points, 9 of 15 shooting, 3 of 6 from the field. As a team, Houston shot 9 of 20 from behind the three-point line and from the field they shot 30 of 57 uh, 27 misses for houston they got 13 offensive rebounds off those 27 misses and uh, damian dunn also had 15 points malik wilson had 11 turns arsenal had 10 and the leading round rebounder in the game was Javier francis and uh, jamal shed led the way with eight assists as well 
toss it over to uh, either of you guys, whoever want to take it. Any uh, final takeaways from this game or looking ahead again? Big stretch for Houston, four games and seven nights, and beginning with Towson on Thursday afternoon, 5.30 p.m. tip-off for Houston. That's what I was going to say. You know, it's, it's an, a unique tip-off because of the, the classic of the event. So our last race Cougs will, will come on differently. I'm looking forward to Towson. I don't know much about Towson's squad this year. Justin Gorham's old school. Yep. Just different matchups for the Cougs. Three games in, in four days for them. See how they respond to that. Onward and upward. Yeah, for me, um, I agree with everything Chris said. Better competition. I want to see better competition, how they respond in adverse moments and adversity, and how this team fights to win a game. They haven't had to fight yet. They haven't been in a, in a street fight like um, Kellen offering a reference. And so I want to see them in, in those moments in a tough game with this year's team. And uh, I know that time is coming. As the competition gets different, gets better, time is coming. Well, that's pretty much going to do for today's do it for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs Basketball Edition presented by the Saxonian family. Once again, Let's Rage Cougs is the unofficial Houston, unofficial and original Houston postgame show. Say it again. Say it again. And mass basketball original or unofficial and original Houston postgame show for men's basketball and football. And of course, we also like to say thank you to Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go to stop before or after the game and be sure to visit on Tuesdays for their buffet. Chris, toss it over to you. Where can people find you? Thank you very much. You can find me on social media platforms at Houston Round Bar Review, on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Thank you for everybody who, who is subscribing. Tell your friends about the channel. Follow me on Threads, Spotable, TikTok, Instagram, etc. at Houston Round Bar Review. And as always, I appreciate it. I know the guys do as well. Thank you for supporting us and watching us on Less Rage Cooks. Also, uh, before I'm going to give my socials, shout out to the women getting their first victory against Air Force. I'm always optimistic, as as Chris knows, but this team actually looks different. The quality of depth that they have, specifically at the guard play and in the post, looks different. And so I can't wait to see how their season plays out. But the talent that Coach Ewing staff has assembled this team, I think, has the right talent and the talent level to be able to be successful. Now, will that? It's yet to be seen, but I wanted to make sure to give them a flower and a shout out to Coach Hugh, who actually came through with some tickets for me and my uh, family to watch that game. But you can follow me on all social media platforms at Dayon Dunlap, like it shows on the screen. Of course, we appreciate all the support always.